So I'm going to share this morning. Um, I felt led. I felt led to postpone the ending of Noah because I I I wanted. To, I actually feel like I have a word from the Lord for it, but I felt like it was really important for our teenagers to be here for it because I'm going to be addressing uh, certain things like homosexuality and perversion and things like that, and and I felt like it was really important for them to be here for that message. And uh, <laughs> I just I just do, and so so I'm going to finish that up next week. Um, I'm going to finish that up next week, but this week I'm going to share from from really two two passages. I'm going to share from Revelation 22, and I'm going to share from Matthew chapter nine. I'm going to use Revelation 22 to jump off, and then I'll kind of walk through Matthew nine, uh, probably the last two thirds. Of the of the message this morning, and I've I've walked through parts of it today, but I just feel like this is where or I've walked through parts of it before, but I feel like this is just where we are, and and so Revelation twenty two. Oh, I'm just going to read verse seventeen, and it's probably a really familiar passage, a really familiar scripture, um, but Revelation twenty two seventeen says this: the Spirit and the Bride say, "Come." The spirit and the bride say, come. And then it says, and let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes to take, wa- take the water of life without cost come. Amen. And so, so here's, this, here's this passage. It's this prophetic declaration that comes really at the very end of the Bible. <laughs> It really is. It's at the end, and it's the culmination of, of, of everything that's ever happened in the Word and everything that was ever prophesied about. It's the culmination of everything that the Holy Spirit says, come, and the bride, which is who we are, we say, come. Now, what's amazing to me is that this word come, it's, it, means, it means that we want you here. Let me, let me rephrase it like this. It means that, that he's here, he's arrived, and he's coming. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, but it's also not yet in that it's not fully realized. And so we recognize that the presence of the Lord is here, right? So he's arrived, but he's also coming again. And he's also wanting to come in a greater measure than he's here, right? And so, so here's this great cry at the end of the Bible that, 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 that the Spirit and the bride in unison say, come. Now, I'm not reading it like it's written because what, the way it's written, it's the Spirit and the bride in unison say, come. My voice cracked like I have puberty. I'm sorry, but, but, but it's like, come. And it's, come, Lord. Would you come? I mean, it's a, it is a, the way it's written, it means that it, it is a heartfelt belly cry okay it's not like come it's it's come if you don't come we're bankrupt if you don't come all hope is lost and and we know that you're coming and we also know that you have came right but we need more of you is what the bride is is saying and the spirit is saying and so so this is referring to Christ Jesus and and the Lord this is what I believe the Lord is doing in this hour is that I think it's 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 interesting that we're coming up. I don't know. I I feel like what when when did COVID break out? Like March, February, March. March. So we're coming up on nine months, the time in which it takes to conceive something. I think it's very interesting that all this has happened because really COVID has been like the great equalizer in the sense that. Let me rephrase. It's been the great revealer in which it's revealed everyone's priorities. It's it's exposed everyone's motives in the in the church, across the board. We you know it's it's this way today, but for the most part, we're we're still right where we were beforehand, and I'm really thankful for that. But statistically, across the U.S., nearly everyone's down about sixty percent. And, and what it's done, and I don't say this to be mean, I, I just, I, and April told me quit saying that phrase. <laughs> she said, you're saying that one a lot. Just don't say it. People know your heart. But, 
what's happened is is that I think the Lord it's it's been this it's been this falling away, if you will. That it, it's really easy to sit in your PJs at home and watch online. But what really sitting in your PJs at home and watching online is for probably 90% of people is that they're not sitting at home in their PJs and watching online. They're scrolling through social media. And so, so it's a good tool, but it also it's, it's, not, it's not the same as being in person. Yes. It's, it's not the same as, it's just, it's just not. Like I was thankful for we went through that season where we could, when we didn't know what to do and we were trying to figure it out, I was thankful for that. But it does not replace the corporate gathering. And what's happened, what's happened is the Lord through this is that there's been this following away. But I really think it's, it's almost a picture of the Lord just preparing his bride because the, and I'm just going to say it the way it is. The Lord has removed those that weren't fully on board all across the country and all across the globe. And what's left is a bride that just wants him. And, And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Now, I want people, I, like, I hate that some people's fallen away. I, I believe the Lord wants to scoop them up as a hen scoops her little chickadees, right? But, but, but I also believe it's just part of what the Lord's doing in this hour is that he's preparing a bride for his son. And he's preparing a bride that's without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. He's preparing a bride that wants only him. Yeah, yeah, amen. And so... So, so when we when we read this prayer, this this cry, the spirit and the bride say, "Come!" Like I, I jokingly said this, and and like I, I get I like I probably get more agitated, and you guys probably know that I get more agitated with with poor eschatology than anything eschatology, the study of the end. Like I get more aggravated over a lot of those things, and and like I can just take off and go and rant, if you will. But 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 he's not coming back based on the condition of of what we see out there, and so so, and and like like we think. And I don't mean that. And again, I'm 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 just pointing out what has been historically the case. Like he did not come back. People thought Jesus was coming back during World War One. People thought Jesus was coming back during World War Two. People thought he was coming back during Vietnam and the Korean War. People thought that he was coming back. I I hadn't been to church in a decade, and I went to church right after September 11th, right? I was in college. I was a freshman in college, away from home, and I woke up and I went to church that Sunday morning because I thought that I needed to go because I was scared for my life because I was very, I was very, um, I don't know. I was brought up very Baptisty in the sense that I had the hell scared out of me, right? And I thought I needed to get there and just go repent so I could go to heaven if he came back right then and there. And so, 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 but, but, but he didn't. Now he is, but he hasn't yet. And so, what happens historically is, is that whenever something bad happens, we think well, he's coming back soon. It must be an indication it's getting worse, and so he's coming back. And so what that has done is most people or most Christians have said, we're wiping our hands clean of caring for the world because he's already coming back anyway, so it's futile to do anything else. And what it has done is taken the responsibility that the Lord has laid on our hearts. But he's actually called us to cry out for more of him and actually be the hands and feet of Christ Jesus, Matthew chapter 28, right? It's what y'all's doing later today is giving food away weather permitting whatever we're figuring all this stuff out but what i'm saying is is that <laughs> i mean it's just he's not coming back based on the chaos of the world he's coming back based on the condition of his bride Amen. he's coming back for the condition of his bride and so like he's not coming back but i, I promise like <laughs> whether trump gets elected or whether biden gets elected He's, he's not coming back based on who gets elected. He's coming back based on the condition of his bride who's going to be smoke, well, sorry, smoking hot <laughs> without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. He's not coming back because of a virus. He's not coming back for how dark it is. He's not coming back for how many riots and protests are going on. He's coming back for this bride. Now, what's incredible is this this cry, and this is what the Lord's really been burdening me with this week. And and I'm just I'm just gonna tell you, like, I don't talk much about this stuff because I actually well 
I actually got pretty, um, I, I, um, I posted something online this week, and I got pretty, like, hit pretty hard. And then someone from our church, con- it's just this, it's just like, oh, gosh, just people get so at- crazy about stuff online. But I'm just going to say this, like, like I'm, I'm a person, like, I believe wholeheartedly that we need to go after Jesus with, every, with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and all of our strength. Yeah. Like, that's my priority. Yeah. And, and my priority as a pastor is to teach a church to do the exact same thing. And then I just happen to think the discipleship and evangelism, they come after that. But if we don't go after him, then we're going to make disciples in our own image. This past week, I led five people to Jesus at my work. Okay, and it wasn't because I stood up and I, it wasn't because I was wearing Christian t-shirts. It wasn't because I was wearing a Christian hat. It wasn't because I stood up on a soapbox and preached. It was because in stressful situations, they saw me responding differently. And, and, I, but, and I don't say that to brag, because I rarely talk about that stuff because I don't want to, I just, I just think it's a normal part of life. Yeah. Now, this cry, the spirit and the bride say come, it's also an evangelistic call in the sense that, it's, and it's, it's because it's not red letters, so which means it's the spirit and the bride saying this. It would be us saying this. Let the one who's thirsty come. So we're saying, we're saying, come Lord Jesus. And then we're saying, if you're thirsty, you need to come because he's here and he's coming in greater measure. See, that, that is the greatest evangelistic tool. We're saying, come and come. Come and come right if you're thirsty come because there's waters that he has that will quench your thirst right and let the one who wishes to take the water without any cost come we're saying that that like yeah it's amazing he's wonderful it's it's not going to cost you anything other than your life but just come and so so here's this here's this verse and here's this this great thing at the end of the word and and like like i feel like most of my life if i'm really honest like like the first part come i want greater measure greater presence like this has been the defining thing of since really the last nine years of my life and but this other part come i probably haven't done that nearly as well as come but i believe the lord is starting to shift something where we actually do both at the exact same time now listen we're not saying like i want this room to be filled and like i dream of this room and this building being filled this isn't saying come to church this is saying, come and meet our bridegroom king. Come and meet the one, right? Come and meet him. Now, he just happens to be here. He, every time we meet, he's here. And you know what you know what this is? By the way, this is where we come and we get equipped and we get sent out and deployed. But, but, and it's also a culmination. It's also the culmination of... of everyone's personal encounters or everyone's personal devotional life, this is the culmination of that all week long. So what you experience in the secret place with the Lord meets what I experience with the Lord in the secret place. (laughs) And what, what you meet in the secret place with the Lord like that comes, and we may not articulate it out loud, but when we're in the same room together, that stuff, it hits, and that's what changes people's lives. And so what happens in this room, and like I'm not saying this because I'm a preacher, I'm saying this because this is truth, it's not contingent, it's not really contingent upon if, if I have all my ducks in a row or if I preach a perfect sermon, it doesn't happen, Right. Two weeks ago, I said something that was completely wrong, <laughs> and, and I, I had a lineage incorrect. Jeff corrected me at the end, and he w- w- didn't correct me. He pointed out what was wrong, and, 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 but the Lord moved that morning. And so what we're doing here is, is this building, this is the place where everyone's encounters come together and it, it actually creates something within the room. And then what happens is, is that part of your fire becomes my fire. Part of your fire becomes my fire. And, and, and really that's what the doctrine of impartation is, by the way, as well. It's is that you get stuff, stuff changes in your heart really without you even realizing it simply because you're around other people. And so, 
Like we've got this whole thing messed up. And so, so we come into this place where the encounter is. And we come into this place and we worship and we, we adore. And, 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 and in some ways you're fed, but it's not about being fed. It's about giving back unto him. Yeah. And then it's here where you learn, you're trained, you're equipped. And, and it's Ephesians chapter 4 where you're equipped to do the works of ministry. What's the works of ministry? It's not holding good church services. It's about living your day-to-day life. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I'm way far off. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm just like, it's, it's, just, it's just where we are. And, and the Lord, he's just doing something really, really amazing. And so, so the spirit and the bride say, come. We say, come. <laughs> and when we say, come, that's really what the Lord responds to. <laughs> Look at Matthew 9. Matthew 9, we'll start with verse 14. And uh, I, I love this portion of Scripture. Matthew 9, 14, it's when Jesus is talking about fasting. We should fast, by the way. <laughs> it's like the worst and best spiritual discipline. <laughs> I like eating. Oh, I like eating. I actually have been, uh, um, the Lord had, oh goodness, it was approximately 30 days into going back to work, the Lord started calling me to fast until I got home from work. And so, uh, so I'll, I'll just have water and I'll have a, 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 a beverage, but I, I don't eat when I'm there because the Lord said to fast, because if I'm going to work really hard physically, I'm not trying to put anything on y'all, I just, the Lord said, if you're going to work really hard physically, why don't you rely on my strength? Amen. And so, some days it's easier than others, that's for sure. But verse 14, it says, then the disciples came to him asking, why? Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, the attendants of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and they will fast. But no one puts, no one puts a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch pulls away from the garment and as a result, it tears. Verse 17, nor do people put new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wineskins burst and the wine pours out and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine in the fresh wineskins and both are preserved. Uh, interesting fact, by the way, when you build a new wineskin, you actually saturate it in the wine before you put the wine in it. So I think what the Lord's been doing the last couple of years is he's been saturating us in the wine before he puts something new inside of us and new within the church because we couldn't contain it because it would actually blow us up or we'd get all mad and have a big church fight. I mean, that's what happens. That's what happens. All right. So, so I need to stay on topic. Jesus, Jesus longs to be longed for. The disciples of John came to him, but with John the Baptist, right? Jesus said was the greatest prophet that ever lived, and John the Baptist's message was repent. <laughs> repent, right? Because behold, the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the Lord. Like that was John's message. Just was it wasn't seeker friendly, and yet everyone came out to see it. But anyway, the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? All right, so so what I believe the Lord has been doing the last few years, and like I, I, I was thinking about this on the way in, that in 2012, I had my encounter with the Lord at Crossroads Tabernacle in Fort Worth, Texas, and what the Lord did right there was really baptizing me for what he's doing right now. It's just taken almost nine years to get to this point to where the Lord's just, anyway. It, it's, 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 but, but, but through all of that, my, I'm sorry, I'm just like, my heart is all over the place. Through all of that, we come to this point where we get to 2020, and I even remember the very first thing, like, 
very first year, I, I think I preached, the, I think, I know I preached the message where I said 2020 is your perfect vision. We're going to see things. And really, what COVID has done is help us see more correctly. Even though it hasn't been fun, it's taught us to see very, very differently. And what it's done is it's actually prepared the way for the Lord to do something brand new. Because again, some have left, some are new, and all this type of stuff. But, but what the Lord is doing with this is He's exposing motives. He's creating a... When you have nothing else to do but seek the Lord, you actually draw closer to Him. I, I'll just be honest, like... And it sounds silly, but I'll be honest, like the first few months of the year, first few months of this thing, like... it. it let me rephrase that. The first two weeks, I was miserable with it. But then I started like, you know what? I got all this extra time. I'm not running around. I'm not spending all my time in a car. I'm not driving all over the place, right? You drive in Louisville, it takes an hour to get anywhere. Every day I was gaining two or three hours a day just from simply not being in the car. And what I found was that I was like, all right, well, I'm going to use this, spend more time worshiping. I'm going to put worship on YouTube. I'm going to spend more time in the Word. And what I found through this is the Lord actually grew my own devotional life with Him, which I happened to think or thought was pretty good beforehand. <laughs> I'm just being honest. But now it's like it's totally, totally different. I actually believe He used COVID to transition it from... From discipline to actual relationship. I don't know how to explain that. I, and, and I'm not saying I was bad before. I'm just saying it's changed. It's shifted. And he's done doing something new with that. And, and what the Lord is doing right now is he's raising up people that aren't doing anything out of duty and obligation. But he's actually doing it because they want more of him in their life, right? Now, what's fascinating is John the Baptist people, John the Baptist's disciples, they were fasting every Monday and every Thursday, essentially. They were fasting. They were going without food on those two days of the week. It was what they were doing, all right? And it was like, what are they doing today? Oh, they're fasting. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was their call. They were fasting and crying out. They were humbling themselves before God. And, and they were repenting on behalf of themselves and God's people. And, and that's what they, they, were, they were just, they were doing it religiously, if you will. And so Jesus' guys show up on the scene and they're not fasting. They're not doing all these things. And John's people are like, hey, we do this, this, and this. Why aren't you all? And that's what happens oftentimes when you really start to pursue the Lord and start to go after Him. Religious, and I'm not, again, I'm not being mean, it's just, but the religious spirit's like, well, we're doing this, why aren't you all doing this? It's like, well, we're not operating out of duty and obligation anymore. I'm operating out of a level of intimacy I've never experienced in my life. I think I can say this stuff in front of you all, and you all not misunderstand. And like, I'm I'm done worrying about what they think. Okay, <sighs> doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm only doing this because some of our people can't come. Like, it doesn't matter to me. But there's been two days over the last few weeks. Uh, over the last two weeks, there were two days where I sat down at my kitchen island and opened my Bible, and I heard the Lord say, "Close it." Like, but I, got, I need to read it today. The Lord's like, close it. And I'm like, but you don't understand. I'm going to fall behind on my reading plan today. And the Lord said, I'm not interested in you reading it to read it today. Why don't you just sit there and spend time with me? Now, I'm not telling you not to read your Bible. <laughs> I'm telling you that it's so much more than that. As I sat there for that time before I went in the Word, and it was glorious. It was one of the most powerful times of me just sitting at my kitchen island, drinking a cup of coffee before anyone was up, enjoying the Lord's presence. See, I think this is what the Lord's doing. Now, the religious would say, Oh, you need to read your Bible, right? Or you're going to go to hell. I don't think I want to go to hell because the Lord said, spend time enjoying me. 
I didn't cry out. I didn't go through my prayer list of the people in the church, you know. And to me, I just enjoyed his company. Now, we should do all these things. Again, don't misunderstand me because that's not what I'm saying. You should read your Bible and pray every day and you'll grow, 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 right? Just like the old song. You should do those things. I'm just saying it's more, like, I think what the Lord was showing me in that moment is that if I'm not careful, I'll turn up more about checking it off of my list than I would about spending time with him. And, and it's like, because when it becomes about a list, you rush through it. You don't get anything out of it. And, and you forget that there's a real person in the room with you while you're doing that. And so, so his disciples, John the Baptist, like, you know, we're, what are you doing? And, and Jesus, he responds. He's like, look, when I'm there, that's the only thing that really matters anyway. And that's why in verse 15, he says, the attendants of the bridegroom can't mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. Jesus is like, look, What's the point in fasting? <laughs> because I'm here. They're enjoying my company. You all are just making yourself miserable, right? You all, you all want a double cheeseburger, and you're depriving yourself of it, but the double cheeseburger's here right now, right? I mean, I mean I'm not trying to be irrelevant, irreverent, but that's what Jesus is saying. And, and too often times, uh, uh, like, again, too often times in the name of discipline, we miss the person that's in the room. Room. And I believe what the Lord is doing in this hour and what he's doing in our own church is he's teaching us, yeah, we have discipline, but eventually discipline changes from discipline to love and adoration. And he's like, look, there's going to come a time where I'm not going to be with them and then they're going to fast because they're going to be hungry for me to come, right? They're going to be hungry for me to return. And so, so what the Lord's doing now in this hour is we know he's here, but he's not here yet. And so now we fast, now we long now we want more of him but when he's here or when he's in your car or when he's in your living room or your bedroom or wherever you meet with him when he's there stop what you're doing and enjoy him <clears throat> these men were distracted and disgusted at the freedom that Jesus' disciples were operating in and the very thing that they needed and longed for was right in front of them. <laughs> and he's, 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 he's just looking for a bride that wants him. I equate it to this. Do, do we want... Like nearly everyone's married except for the kids in the room. So everyone, every couple in here, every couple's married. Praise the Lord. But <laughs> do we get married to a spouse for what the spouse can do for us or give to us? Or do we get married to a spouse because we long for our spouse? I love what my wife does for me, but ultimately I just want my wife. And some of our most joyous times are just sitting in the room, not, not talking, not watching TV. We're just, we're there. We, we, both, we both may just be sitting there reading. She's there. I'm in my chair. Like we're, we're happy. It's, it's not about what. It's not about one can do for the other. It's not about like, and I don't get all upset, like, and she doesn't either. If, if I say, I love you, and she doesn't say it back, like, I don't feel slighted because I know she loves me, right? Or vice versa. It's, it's, and especially in today's culture, sometimes we say it to get it back. Jesus is teaching us in this that, like, it's, 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 not, about what, it, it's not about what he can do. It's just about him himself. And he's looking for a bride that's like, it's not about what I get from you. It's, it's about just having the entire person of Christ Jesus. And so he wants to be wanted. Yes. The, the Jesus, like he wants to touch, he wants to heal, he wants to do all these things. But more than anything, he just wants to be wanted. 
That's why he gave us free will, by the way. I mean, God's God. He could do whatever he wanted. He could have forced us to worship him. He could have forced us to do all these types of things, but he didn't. He chose to give us free will where we actually worship and adore him ourselves because that's far more gratifying than forcing anyone to do anything. And so, verse 15, the attendants of the bridegroom will not mourn or cannot mourn. Mourn means to be sad or to, to, to be sorrowful or to, to grieve. And I, this is what I preached about two years ago here. It actually means to ache. It means to live with a heart sickness. And, and we've, we've seen it here. Like, like I, I remember when April and I were... Uh, planning on getting married and she lived in Kansas for months and months and that was when you actually had to buy phone cards to talk long distance to people right and it was like half my paycheck at McDonald's that we were talking about that the other day minimum wage back then was 515 an hour and and saved up <laughs> it's probably a lot less for some of y'all but 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 it was 515 an hour and half of my paycheck every week went to buy phone cards so I could talk to talk to my future wife because my parents didn't want to pay for the long distance bill right and uh, or we would talk after 9 p.m because that was back when cell phone plans had free nights and weekends and so <laughs> so anyway we we would talk and but i remember just being sick because i couldn't see her right and we we, we even saw this i mean they're not here this morning but we saw this with with brett and taylor that they were heart sick when they were apart, they were miserable. And it was like, I remember when he first started dating her, it was like every 10 minutes at the house, he was calling her and FaceTiming her. Like, it was like, he was still living with us, but he moved out well before he lived her <laughs> because he was just always with her on the phone. It's because the heart wanted to be with them. Jesus is looking for a bride that just said, I just want, I just want to be with him. I just want to be with you. Now, doesn't mean we're going to live miserably. I actually, I actually think the ache, I actually think it causes us to be filled with more joy. There's a, oh, what's the old saying? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Is that right? I, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And so he's, he's not here, but he's here. And yet his absence causes me to love him even more and desire him even more now that i think that ache i'm gonna i'm gonna speed up just a hair but that ache it 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 ought to be central to our lives that's why in exodus 33 moses said if your presence does not go with us do not lead us up from here now this is fascinating to me Moses knows that they're going to the promised land. The promise, the fulfillment, the, the, just the, the icing on the cake from leaving Egypt, right? From really literally leaving hell is what it means. But from leaving hell, they're going to step into the promised land. And Moses says, if you're not going to be there, I don't want to go there. If you're not going to be there, just leave me out here in the wilderness where you are. Because it's out here in the wilderness that I'm meeting with you face to face. I don't want to go away from you. And, 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 and I think that this is really fascinating in the sense that, that Moses just said, Look, what, what you're going to give me is really good. But I'm not going to enjoy it near as much if you're not there with me. And so what the Lord does in our day-to-day -day lives, it's really good. Like I'm so, I'm so thankful for the gift of another child. But unless the Lord's with me and the raising of this child, don't I don't I don't want that, right? Yeah. Right? What what the Lord's doing in the church is really wonderful, but unless the Lord's in the middle of it, I don't want to do it, right? It, it, it's 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 He's got to be central in our lives. If I'm going to wash dishes, like it sounds really silly, but if I'm going to wash dishes, I can't talk. But if I'm going to wash dishes, Lord, 
You need to be in the middle of that. I'm not going to do that unless you're going to be in the middle of that. Like, that's what the Lord's looking for. Like, it's, it's, we have a lot of church services. It's not about being at every church service, though I think I highly encourage you to be as many as possible. It's about enjoying and being, being aware of the Lord day in and day out. I think that's how we're going to win the world. It's, it's, it's not, uh, listen, like, 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 God bless them. There's people, like, there's, there's people in my, in my, in Shelbyville now standing on the corner. I'm not sure if any of you have seen them. Midland Trail and Shelbyville Road. Like they're they passing out free Bibles the other day, but they had a Turner Burn sign up. And I thought, man, that's so, like, I know their heart, but that's not what the Lord's doing. And that's, I, I, I would look at that and say, whatever, right? But man, if there's people that day in and day out, can live aware of the presence of the Lord, that changes things. It, it changed things yesterday. And like, like I'm, I'm, I'm just, I told Tatum, text me and said, how was your day? I was really burdened for you. And that's what she texted me. And I'm like, well, today, yes, yesterday was pretty crummy at work. I'm just going to say it was the worst day physically and mentally I've had since I started. And I was that close. I was that close from giving them a piece of my mind. <laughs> I was that close to being Dave Perkins in that moment <laughs> from like 20 years ago. And just saying, just, just, I'm done. You, you can stick it. Like, I was just like, I'm just, I was just done. And the Lord told me, this is what the Lord told me. Doesn't mean I'm going to stay there forever. I promise you that. But this is what the Lord told me. They all know you're a Christian. They all know you're a pastor. Because when I was about to lose my, John and Missy Jersey say, lose your cookies. When I was about to lose my cookies, the Lord said, they know who you are. I was like, all right. And so I just went back to doing what I was doing, right? I was, I was trying really hard to count it pure joy at that moment. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that... It's, it's not about what I do in this room, although it is about what I do in this room. It's about how I act and respond in my day-to-day -day life. Right. And in that moment, I knew the Lord was with me. Amen. And in that moment, I knew that I had a choice because they knew that I was mad. They, they knew I was ticked. Right? And it was like the Lord just said, how are you going to handle this moment? Now, in the grand scheme of eternity, I don't, I don't know how it's going to do anything. I didn't lead anyone to Jesus. I didn't lay hands on it. I didn't do any of that. But it sure could have left a bad taste in someone's mouth. Yes, you're right. It sure could have left a bad taste. And I think the Lord is just teaching us that it's not so much about Again, like you, I joke all the time about those Christian shirts and bumper stickers. They're fine. If you want to wear them, wear them, whatever. I just don't think that's the most effective mode of evangelism. The most effective mode of evangelism is a life well lived. Glory to God. Amen. And last point. Yeah, last one. The church said hallelujah. I know. I actually feel like I'm getting a lot out of this today because I'm nowhere near what I wrote down for bullet points and notes. <laughs> the ache should cause us to follow no matter the cost. Now, going back to the Israelites and the Exodus, Numbers 9, I'm going to paraphrase here, but you guys know this, that that essentially when they were in the wilderness, they followed that pillar of fire by night and they followed that cloud by the day. And wherever the pillar of the fire went, they went. And so if the pillar of fire landed, they would pit, literally pitch the tent of meeting there and they would, they would wait. And then when it left, sometimes it'd be a few days, sometimes it'd be a few months, but they just went wherever it went. Now, logistically, logistically it was a high cost to pick up and move Cons the bible tells us that there was approximately depending on which chapter you read but there were six hundred thousand 
military-aged men that initially left the, in the Exodus. That's just the men. Now, scholars estimate there were two and a half million people total of men, women, and children. Now, do you know the logistical, not, like, seriously, I know how hard it's been for three of us and my family to pick up and move and to, like, even just go to the grocery. And now that there's four of us, like, I'm just like, how do we even do this, right? <laughs> <laughs> and like y'all i don't know how you all do it with your herd like, like it's a logistical nightmare now could you imagine now now they they built the tent and the tent was set up in very specific it, it was a chore because it wasn't just like it wasn't how i pack for trips like i'm just gonna throw everything i own in the suitcase and like sit on the suitcase and then zip it right it's that's not like that's not what they were allowed to do that legitimately is how i pack right and april's like nice and neat and folds everything can't do it drives jimmy nuts by the way when he looks at my suitcase and so 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 here's this logistical nightmare of it's like oh the cloud left and everyone starts jumping and everyone starts doing their deal and the kids they may have just put the kids down to sleep and it's like what well, doesn't matter the presence left yeah. wow. right wow. or dinner's ready doesn't matter right. the presence just left yeah, wow. yeah. Yeah. I've been real I've worked hard all day doesn't matter presence left Well, they're tired and sore. We only had a five-hour break today. Doesn't matter. Yeah. He moved on. See, it's going to cost you something to follow Jesus. Yeah, it it's it's going to be really costly. Now, I heard Bill Johnson say this. <clears throat> I'm trying to be more aware, too, of where some of the sources I get things from. I've been trying to... I want to say their names. Whether some people like them or not doesn't matter to me. I'm going to say their names because I want to give honor where honors do. But, but Bill Johnson always talks about there's a high cost to revival. But why would you even count the cost because of what you get? Amen. And so it's like it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. It's like it doesn't even matter y'all move four or five hours away from home because look what you're starting to live in, right? doesn't matter I live away from family because we're starting to inherit some things, right? And th these things don't matter. And so it's like, well, he went there. It doesn't really matter. Now, part of the Israelites' problem is they did count the cost and they grunted and complained all the time. That's why they spent 40 years wandering and an entire generation passed away. I don't want to be the generation that passes away. I just want to be the generation that enjoys it. And so, so don't count the cost. And, and counting the cost, like, you're like, well, I don't really count the cost. Well, let me put it in, let me just real quickly, let me put it in, well, I, I layman's terms, let me put it in everyday applicable terms. You know what counting the cost looks like? I spent six hours praying this week. It was rough. I, I didn't miss a church service. I didn't miss a prayer room this week. I didn't do this. I was here for this, this, and this, and this. You know what you're doing? You're actually counting the cost because you're actually trying to build your resume to look better before God and men rather than just saying, you know what? The Lord laid on my heart and I was there. Amen. I was there. I wanted to be there. And I'm not trying. If you can't come, you can't come. That's not what I'm saying. But rather than coming out of duty, come because you want to. That's what the Lord's looking to do. And, and I'll, I'll never, ever fail. And like I've been so leery over the years to tell people how much I read my Bible or how much I pray because I don't want to put something on someone because then it becomes duty. It became duty. The first time I met Dan Bohai was, when did he start traveling? 07? 12 years ago. Okay, so 08. I met him that year. And, and like it completely messed messed us up and the first and halfway through his message he said i read i read through the bible every day or not every day but i read through the entire bible once a month when he's doing it every 30 days and i thought well that's what he's doing i need to do that as well right. Right. Thank you. <laughs> and and by day two i'm like i'm done <laughs> can't do this i can't do this and, but but and he and he didn't put, try to put anything on me. I put it on myself. Right. 
But I'll never forget, day one, I told everyone, I'm going to read it through 30 days. You know why I did that? <laughs> because I wanted people to, I was, trying, I was getting puffed up by it. See, counting the costs, we're like, well, I did, I did this and this and this. And that's what John the Baptist's disciples were doing. We're like, well, we fast every Thursday and every Tuesday. Right. Jesus is transitioning his church to where it's no longer about how much I do something, yes. but it's about the reason why I do something. Yeah. Amen. So good. And so for us as a people, I just think the Lord's just realigning motives. He's, re he's changing our hearts. I'm just going to tell you, like, I'm... I, I am. I thought I was free a year ago. Like I don't think I've ever had the freedom that I've had, that I have right now. And and, and let me say, freedom. <coughs> I'm okay with who I am. I'm okay with what the Lord's doing in our church. I'm okay with what the Lord's doing in my the, the, the people that I'm discipling. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, really good. And doesn't make a hill of beans when anyone else is doing. I want them to do good. I, I hope they succeed. I pray for a lot of different people. Doesn't matter. What matters is this, Amen. and what matters is I'm good. Like, I, I'm just, I'm just thankful. I don't know how else to say. So I'm, I'm gonna pray. <laughs> I'm just, I'm done, because I could like, I could ramble now <laughs> for at least another forty minutes. <laughs> I don't think you want that. And I'd like to get home to see April and Wonder today in my mother-in-law. Oh, man. So, Lord, I would pray. I would pray that you continue to rearrange our motives. I would pray that you would continue to change our heart, Lord, I would pray that you would begin to put a longing in our heart for you, Lord. No more days of duty and obligation. I, I hope nothing was misinterpreted because I, I, don't take, I don't take lightly my relationship with you, Lord. I don't take that. I, it's actually the most important thing that I have in my life. Like I have found, I've found the treasure hidden in a field and I sold everything I have to buy that entire field, Lord. Like, that's how I live my life, Lord. I found the pearl that was at a great price, Lord. And, and I also know that I was a treasure in a field, and you sold everything for that as well. And so, so, Lord, I'm not making lightly of my relationship with you. I'm just, Lord, believing. I'm just actually believing, Lord, that, that you're starting to transition people from duty to intimacy, Lord. You're transitioning people out of, out of doing stuff to do stuff, to check it off of a list, to actually, Lord, to where we just live in day-by-day, moment-by-moment relationship with you, Lord. And so I pray that you would begin to do that within this own church, Lord. Lord, I actually would pray, Lord, and, and, and I would pray, Lord, that you would give people a greater hunger for the Bible. I pray that you would give people a greater hunger for prayer. I pray, Lord, that you would give people a greater hunger to be in attendance when the doors are open not out of duty but because they don't want to miss not out of duty because they they just know that when we get together something's going to happen i would pray lord that we as a people could say the spirit and the bride say come i pray we could agree with the spirit the spirit's been doing this ever since that you ascended into the heavens lord the spirit's been saying come since then and the spirit's been trying to convince us to get on board and say come lord and so lord i pray that we would be a people that would say jesus would you come? You're here, but we're asking for you to come in a greater measure. And we're asking for you to come again, Lord. And while we're saying come, Lord, we're also saying, hey, he's coming, he is came, but there's a man, Lord, I pray we could be like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. The one, Lord, the, <laughs> the one, Lord, that... <coughs> Really, the Roman Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church actually called her St. Fotini. And, and St. Fotini is historically known as one of the greatest ap apostolic leaders that's ever walked the planet. That that woman at the well, they believe that she planted thousands and thousands and thousands of churches. They actually believe that that woman, the one that said, come and meet a man, led Nero's uh, daughter-in-law to Christ Jesus.
So I pray you would begin to put, not only give us a hunger for you, but I pray you'd put a fire in our bellies, God. This entire company of people, put a fire in our bellies for those that don't know you. Not so we can say turn or burn, but so we can say come and meet a man, or so that we can say come and drink from these waters. You have a need, there's water for that. You have a thirst, there's a water that'll quench that, right? You, you, you feel lonely, there's waters for that. You're hurting and broken. There's waters for that. Actually, just was reminded of that passage in John 7, 38 that said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. What does it look like of people that are lost and hurting and broken coming here and my river crosses with Tatum's river and, my, and Tatum's river crosses with Judy's river, right? And what if all these rivers converge and people get into them? Do you think that they actually stand a chance? I sure don't think that they do. And so, Lord, we say come. We say come. Lord, your bride, she's making herself ready. We're making herself ready, God. We are. We're doing what Esther did. We're going through the process of beautification. We're going through the process of being smothered in oils and ointments, Lord, to, to be beautiful for when you look on us, you say, that's the bride I've always wanted. I pray specifically this morning for those in the room and those that are online watching in our own church and those that will either listen later on. I pray specifically, Lord, for those that have struggled reading the Bible. I would pray that you give them a hunger to read it today. I just hear the Lord saying this today. It's not about, uh, reading plans are great. They are. They're useful tools. I like to use them in particular so I can read through the Psalms every 30 days. But I'm going to say this. I just hear the Lord just read until something jumps off the page at you. And then camp out right there. Because when something jumps off at the page at you, that's the Lord wanting to change something in your heart. And so I say read until something jumps off the page. I pray, Lord, for those that struggle reading, whether they, I don't even know. It's almost like dyslexia is what, I, is what I'm hearing right now. Like the words jumble up and they don't make sense or, or you get confused and you're not really sure what you're reading. I just say, Lord, begin to bring order to that chaos today, Lord. I also say this, Lord, I, 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 not, I say this, I, I'm agreeing with what I feel like you're saying, Lord. For those in the room and those that are at home or online today, those that struggle reading and you feel like, I don't remember what I read, like the, your mind may not remember it, but the spirit man within you sure does. And that's why I know, I, as a personal example, I can stand up here and I can rattle off verses all the time that I didn't even know that I knew because the, the, the Lord wrote it in my spirit. And so just spend time saturating yourself in that word. I would pray for those that struggle, that struggle praying, Lord. I pray, Lord, that it wouldn't become, it would not be about praying in our best King James, but it would just be about just talking to you as I would talk to my own spouse, Lord. I pray you would release a grace for that. I pray, Lord, even for 30-second prayers and 20-second prayers to begin to be released in the room, Lord, where people's, <laughs> where people's on their way walking down the hall and they just talk to you momentarily and then they go back battle with what they were doing. I think that's what Paul meant when he said he prays without ceasing. And so, Lord, I love you and I honor you and I bless you this morning. It's in your name we pray today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We, we all thank you. Yeah, you can shut that off. Amen. Amen. God's good. Amen. Amen. He is so, so good. Is it off? Okay. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, again, thank you all. Like, seriously, thank you guys. Thank you for taking care of our family. Um, just keep praying for April. 
you know, everyone's been asking, keep praying. She's still got a lot of, she's retaining a lot of water. And so uh, you can pray, thank you. You can pray for her that that water goes away. Pray wonder, learns the difference between night and day. <laughs> that would be really, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> that'd be really, really cool. Um, we are doing the trunk or treat. Um, uh, I don't have a lot of details on that. Do you, do you know, you probably know a lot more than me. See the Lord and his train fills the temple. I see the Lord, he is high and lifted up. I see the Lord. Tim. 